Welcome to the Let's Develop podcast, where we explore stories and tools for social change to transform ourselves and the world around us. My name is Arda Soyans, and my voice will go with you for this ride. By tuning in now, you'll learn from experts from fields as diverse as health, community organizing, business, performance, and more, who share their tactics and mind frames, successes, and defeats. Whether you've yet to begin your own social change efforts, or you're looking to refine them and grow your abilities, this podcast is designed to inspire you on your journey. So head on over to letsdeveloppodcast.com for detailed show notes and other info about this and other episodes. If you like what you hear, and even if you don't, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you're listening to let us know how we're doing. Your feedback shapes our journey. And with that, let's dive in. Dr. Josiah Zayner is constantly pushing the boundaries of science outside traditional environments. He started biohacking during his PhD in molecular biophysics at the University of Chicago, creating the chromochord in his apartment, the world's first musical instrument that uses engineered protein nanotechnology. Since then, Josiah's science and art has been featured in exhibits at the Museum of Modern Art in San Francisco and New York, the Cooper Hewitt Smithsonian Design Museum, and other world-renowned venues. After his PhD, Josiah received a prestigious fellowship to work with NASA's Synthetic Biology Program, Engineering Bacteria to Help Terraform Mars. Epic. Now he's the founder and CEO of The Odin, a company that is making genetic engineering available to consumers at home. In some sense, this is an anti-interview. We don't talk about his work necessarily. We really want to show what it's like to get to know each other. Josiah asks me questions. We demonstrate our curiosity for each other's lives and talk more about what it's like to be a person and what's important to us. So with that said, join us. Hi. It's a pleasure to connect with you in, in this way. Um, this is the first time that I've um, uh, been reached out to. Um, so, so there's a lot of learning uh, for me in, in this process, right? Um, Honestly, I think this might be the first time I really reached out to somebody else also. Cool. Uh, I, I don't know how I saw your podcast. Um, I think you were following me on Twitter and I started listening to your podcast and I was like, wow, this is so unique and cool and interesting. I want to be part of this if I can. And so I'm like, I'm going to try to reach out and see if I can, you know, be part, participate with you and make something with you. I thought it was super cool. Love it. And, and I mean, here we are, we we're making it into existence. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, You know, one of the things that I really enjoy in life is people who are very unique and interesting and, you know, I don't want to say different um, because that can sometimes have a negative connotation. Um, And from the podcast episodes I listen to, you just seem so interesting, you know, Hmm. and uh, the way that you talk with people just seems so interesting. So I'm interested also in you. <laughs> like, who are <Cool>. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's no, um, there, there are ways that podcasts are, there's a script to podcasts, right? So, so there's a person interviewing. Um, uh, there's sort of 
a lot of space given to the person who is the interviewee. There's a lot of attention on that person, and and that's cool. We can we can perform that, right? We could totally uh, uh, reinvent this thing, right? Um, what? So here's something that uh, that is scripty, and also uh, I feel can be helpful. What's your best hope for a conversation today? Our best hope. Uh, so when I go into things now, uh, sometimes I have to do a lot of things that um, I don't want to say I'm forced to do, but I have to do because of work or things like that. Um, I do a lot of interviews and sometimes they can be very, like, I don't want to do them. Um, but you kind of mm -hmm. have to because, you know, the publicity and everything like that. So one thing that I try to do and one thing that I really want to do is just have fun and enjoy this time. Like that's something that is super important to me in my life because I have to work a lot and I have to do a lot of things. So just like get enjoyment out of an experience is, is, is high on the list. Just have fun, enjoy myself. How about you? For today, I'm very curious um, about a, a podcast, an interview, a conversation, a performance done in a different way. I'm, I'm curious how we're going to go about this, where we're going to end up, um, and uh, what it's going to feel like in the process. Um, I like the, you know, I, I've never really had in a conversation like this the attention turned the other way. Um, so I'm really curious how that experience will unfold. Um, I'm also really curious about, uh, I, I'm also really intrigued by interesting people. And, and I don't think that calling someone different is necessarily pejorative. So I, I'm curious as, you know, as we're doing this, how can we continue to invite differentness into our conversations, you know, um, who are the people that will listen to this and and enjoy being uh, or swimming around in in the verbal waters of I don't know the weirdness or or um, non status quo thinking, being living. I'm kind of in it for being with it. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any fucking sense. <laughs> but so, yeah, go ahead. No, I like, how, how do you, how do mm. you feel? How about that question? I, I feel uh, uh, very, uh, that's a shitty qualifier, but, but I do feel very uh, uh, grounded. I feel rooted. I feel... Um, calm. Uh, I feel excited. Uh, I feel uh, open. Um, uh, like this. This is the state. If I if I deconstruct it, this is kind of the state where um, nifty things happen. Yeah, uh, where where you you might come to something new. You might build something new, an idea, an understanding, a relationship. Uh, um, it, it feels kind of like what 
um, like the flavor of it is kind of like uh, you're just about to go see your favorite performer kind of thing. There's just like this like uh, pleasant angstiness to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Why did you start this podcast? Hmm. Or like, what was your goal even when you started it? So uh, a lot of, I think, see, there's a danger here, in my opinion. I don't think what I'll say is the the full truth. Do you know what I mean? Because because it's, it's there there's a... Uh, yeah. yeah, totally. Uh, there's a narrativizing about the past, right? So, so... I might make it sound like a clean, yeah. nice story line, um, but what I was feeling and thinking when I created it with Chris and, and others, Chris Raymond, uh, may be different. So I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. Um, kind of like how you and I started off talking, I, I really like being around people who uh, are interesting. Like there's something about that word. Um, and I can usually tell when I'm with a person who's interesting, when they understand what I mean when I say I like interesting people. There's just something, or, or, or to say, you know, I find that interesting. A person who responds with kind of like, yeah, I kind of I I get what you mean. There's something about that. And um, I, I think I felt when, when we were thinking about this podcast, I felt like, I, I'd love to be or to create uh, um, a means through which to connect with interesting people and have these kinds of conversations and share them with the world. Now, that being said, uh, um, part of uh, uh, the community that brought this into being is the, uh, the Eastside um, Institute in New York City. And this is a collective of people who, broadly speaking, are interested in um, uh, developing a world that is, in my translation, uh, equitable. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a conscious world. It's a world where um, uh, we come together as social beings to create a world that is more suited for us as social beings. Um, and, there are, and I've done training and 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 uh work with that community for some time and the place where this podcast was born was um a call with folks who um are called the Eastside associates Eastside institute associates and and this is a collective of people that you know have gone through um uh, i believe it's singularly the international class which is kind of like a more hands-on um, a form of training uh, where you go to New York three times and you sort of do modules throughout uh, six or eight months, right? And so this was a call where we brought everybody together over the past, you know, X amount of years that had been associates. And people are like, so what are we going to do together? <laughs> you know, like, what are we doing? Like, we're all sort of, you know, we've quote unquote been trained in this method of creating stuff together as, you know, socially. What are we doing with it? And, um, uh, you know, I won't lie. There was there was a sense of like I want to create something that's fucking nifty. Uh, uh, I had been in in a place in life where I was very transformed and inspired by podcasts. 
Um, and in particular, it's, it's I mean, t- Tim Ferriss really, really, uh, I really connect and resonate with his deconstructive mind, uh, uh, his capacity to ask questions that lead to a particular way of thinking about an issue. I like that. Um, and, you know, Dave Asprey, uh, his endless kind of like cheesy uh, humor and uh, curiosity and, and kind of like um, uh, childlike playfulness I, I really enjoy that but also the the content that he that he produces um uh, and the people so there was something about podcasts there was something about i love nifty people and interesting people and um there was this community that was like so what are we gonna do and and at all you know right time right place connected um and at the same time i had a um a person that i was close with chris raymond uh, Chris is a, uh, a professor of music um, at the University of Texas, El Paso. I hope I don't butcher that uh, title um, or that uh, institution's name. But, um, you know, I, uh, there's something about having someone with you on a journey. Um, and he was there, and I really trusted him, and I really, uh, I still trust him. Um, I felt safe uh, knowing that Chris was there with me wanting to do this thing and we don't really know what the fuck we're doing. So, let, I mean, let's figure it out. Um, uh, and here we are. <laughs> it's been about a year. Um, so so the idea was born uh, at the end of last January. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, that, that makes me think of a lot of things, but I... I really i think the one of the most interesting things and i deal with it a lot is this idea of entering into the unknown um and not knowing what you're doing in my life running a business being a scientist doing stuff there's whether we like it or not there's this certain level of human knowledge that we have access to um, and that's that there's a limit, right? There is a limit. Even though we have access to a large amount of human knowledge, there's still a limit. And what's even more complicated is that each of our lives, experiences, the things we're trying to do are nuanced and different. So there's not necessarily a recipe for how to start a podcast, you know, like you are doing. You know, there might be ideas on how to start a podcast you know, that's like Tim Ferriss or Dave Asprey or something like that, but trying to do something unique is different. And I'm constantly in my life getting in these places where it's unknown. There's nobody to ask advice to. What's, what's an ex- like a recent example of an unknown that you've experienced, you've stepped into? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh um, so for, <laughs> this is just gonna, I, this is gonna just come out of left field and I feel bad for that. So maybe I can preface this a little bit like myself, I'm a scientist and I do a lot of things with genetic engineering and medical technologies. Um, and, uh, there's this there's this drug, the first approved gene therapy. It was approved in the European Union, the EU in 2015. It's called Glybera. 
Hmm. It treats this disease called lipoprotein lipase deficiency, which is basically accumulation of fat in, in the body. Your body doesn't break down fat properly. Hmm. They got this gene therapy approved and they gave it to like 30 people um, and they were trying to charge a million dollars for it and nobody would pay for it. So what ended up happening is they just let stopped making the drug, stopped giving it to people um, because nobody could afford to pay the million dollars for the treatment, um, you know, the, the cure. Now, this is this is a million dollars for a lifetime supply or a million dollars per year or once. So it's a gene therapy that you just inject once and it'll basically they they haven't able been able to follow it, obviously, for, you know, 50 or 100 years. Yeah, it's because it's recently been. okay. yeah, but it lasts, you know, it's like guaranteed up to 20 years or something. Maybe so this so to, to better understand this, this is something that would go into your genetic code and give you the capacity to then produce this enzyme. Yeah, this enzyme that you lack, it gives you the capacity to produce it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's making it anymore. Now, that sounds crazy, right? There's literally a cure for a disease out there that nobody's making. Um, to me, that's like the most terrible thing that could happen in humanity, right? We have a cure for a disease that we know, and nobody's making it. So then I started to ask myself the question, like, why is nobody making it? Could somebody make it, like me, for instance, and could I provide it to people? Um, How would I go about doing that? How would I go about setting up a system in which I could protect people from, you know, protect patients so that caregivers wouldn't harm them and protect caregivers so that if the patient gets harmed and they were doing everything correctly, they don't get in trouble. You need to set up a regulatory structure. You probably need to go to a different country to set up this whole system to be able to provide a drug that's outside, you know, a regulatory structure because the U.S. would throw you in jail if you just gave somebody a drug. Um, And then it starts to get into this whole complicated, crazy mess. Like nobody's ever tried to set up a private regulatory institution in another country where there's no regulatory structure. Nobody's tried to take a drug that was available and didn't become available and make it and give it to people when it's not being made and cure people of a disease. And it's just like, Oh my gosh. And I try to ask people for advice about this thing. Like, can you help? Like, what, what should I do if you could give somebody a drug and knew how to make it? Like, would you do it? And like, what, what would stop you from not doing it? Mm. And it's, it's this insane position to, to be in where like, there's no, right answer there's no wrong answer because i have no idea what will happen like say i go to the dominican republic open up a medical facility provide people with this drug and they get cured like is that bad what happens if i get thrown in jail for it is it worth it the unknowns just are overwhelming it's literally the void like you 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 can't predict the future at all. Like it's, you know, but, but the, the, um, the stakes are higher than a podcast. <laughs> like, I don't know. Okay. Like, I don't, you know, it, 
don't don't underestimate the power of your words or of spreading ideas, right? Some people say that, you know, the most dangerous uh, invention of all time was like stuff being written down, you know, like books and written word and stuff like that. And you probably could argue that for sure, you know, Mm -hmm. that like ideas are the most powerful invention that have ever happened. And it, it, like your podcast reached me and touched me. Right. So imagine the effect it can have on other people. It can literally transform people's lives. Hmm. And that's interesting. That's like amazing. (laughs) I like the tie back. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. How is it that I'm making an assumption here. How is it that you keep finding yourself in um, situations that have no answers that are, that are complex in this way? I think a lot. (laughs) what does that look like (laughs) i always say if there was an olympics for thinking i'd probably win like bronze or silver definitely not gold because i'm not like an expert thinker (laughs) okay hold on hold on pause here what in your mind does an expert thinker look like like what is their day-to-day life like what do they do okay so there's two things i think that are essential for thinking, creativity, whatever. One is knowledge and information. Um, if, if, if you don't have knowledge or information in your, your brain, your thoughts will get caught in a circular loop. Um, you might be able to make different associations that you never made before, but without new information, you're stuck with you know, the information that you already have. And can only make so many associations in that information. Um, <clears throat> so I think knowledge and creativity is one. And the other, I think, is just being diligent about thinking. What does that mean? Like taking the time to think about stuff. Like literally taking the time to, you know, all right, I'm going to think about this thing. Like I'm going to spend time, I'm going to devote time specifically to thinking about this thing are we talking a journaling are we talking um uh, you block off 15 minutes to uh, literally focus yourself on a particular issue particular topic like how does this how does this look like introduce us into you know josiah's thoughts on thoughts (laughs) metacognition yeah no no, it's, 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 it, it is journaling. You know, I keep a lot of files in my Google Drive, Cloud Drive, um, that I, I write stuff in, uh, keep track of all my thoughts and the information that I found. But it's also just, um, sometimes it's speaking to people. Um, so uh, one of my favorite things is, I was thinking about this last night, is, one thing that really interests me is questions mm. like because a lot of times answers come down to finding the correct question and so i like to like with the people i work with i'm always asking them questions mm. um like what do you think about that like 
I'll have crazy questions that I ask every day. Like, um, some of it's really silly. Like, would you rather have a fancy car or fancy clothes? Right? Because it, it gives you insight into like the way the world works, what people are thinking about, like how they perceive themselves, how they perceive the world. But like questions like, what's the correct way to set up a regulatory structure in another country? That's a question, but that that's like so broad in general. It's not the correct question, right? The correct question is something more nuanced, more, you know, detailed. Um, so asking questions is a big part of it. Getting other people's input and feedback is a big part of it. I think in general, it's just experiencing lots of new things and unique things and trying to assimilate those facts in your head, spending time thinking and discussing and thinking and discussing. You and I probably have acquaintances that are really good thinkers, but do jack shit yeah. with those brilliant thoughts. So what differentiates a person who's able, who, who would get a gold star uh, or, or a gold medal for thinking, who also uh, can transform the world? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really into transforming the world or something like that. Um, I know other people are, and they actively try to think about and do things like that. I don't know. I think it's a lot of society. What like, does that mean? I think that like the best thinkers probably have never even been talked about or heard about, like you, you know? And I'm not saying this to like, toot your horn or anything like that but like I heard your podcast and it was really interesting and unique and it made me think a lot right because and which we, sorry which one was it just out of curiosity I listened, I listened to two episodes so far um and I don't remember the the one guy who you talked with about play from UIC University of Illinois in Chicago, I think. Mm, Tony James. Perrone. Uh, Tony Perone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the other one was with a woman you're talking about science. Raquel Holmes. Yeah, Raquel Holmes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I listened to those two. The Tony one I listened to first and I was like, that one just blew my mind totally. <laughs> I was just like Wow, I never even even thought about these things before. Huh. I never even like imagined that things like this exist. Hmm. <laughs> and that was just so cool. But I think, you know, like the difference between maybe somebody like you who who is doing something interesting and unique and you know, some people enjoy it, and the difference between like Game of Thrones is that Game of Thrones has a bigger marketing budget. <laughs> hmm. Really? I, think, I, I think mean, that's... That's what I'm saying simplified. Is, <laughs> no, totally. But what I think is that, like, at least my experience in the world is that, like, societies are... I don't want to say controlled, but we're, we're really like the reason we use Apple smartphones is not because Apple smartphones are the best. 
are the most inexpensive are like anything that legitimately has like um, quantitative reasonings, you know, maybe you could say, well, they have like a good app store or something, but generally on any phone, like the reason we use it is because we're marketed to so heavily for it. Right. Like there's phones, you know, in China and stuff like that, that are amazing. Huawei and, you know, Xiaomi and these I, other... I use, I use OnePlus. Yeah, no, yeah, see, so so that was my last phone also was a OnePlus, right? Because mm -hmm. I was like, I want to break out of this ecosystem of what I'm being marketed to and told is the best into mm -hmm. an ecosystem where I get to explore what I think is the best for me. Mm. And, and, I and think, then I switched to a Google Pixel. <laughs> oh, actually, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good progression. <laughs> but like your podcast... Um, it's, it's in that sphere where people haven't experienced it, right? It I, I'd say so. Yeah. This is very early stages. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not that your podcast is good or bad or anything like that. If you get it in front of enough people, you'll gain enough followers and enough people will enjoy it to where it can grow and be big and famous or whatever. I think the hardest part, what I learned with running a company is that it's not like making a good product. No, it's, it's not even necessarily selling the product. It's just getting it in front of enough eyes because hmm. one out of every a hundred people, a thousand people is going to buy something. So, well, there's, there's a few things that, that I think about when we switch to thinking about, you know, I'm talking out of my ass here. I, I don't have a business, right? Like uh, no, no, you have no, a lot more experience totally than I do, but uh, just thinking from the lens of, of you know, um, uh, the background that I do have, uh, logic doesn't sell anything. People don't, you know, you and I might, right? So when I, for example, got the Google Pixel, um, uh, I, I literally went to every provider um, that had a Google Pixel, a uh, two, Excel, whatever, and I deconstructed literally the exact price that I would pay from that provider over two years. Like I went and did that as opposed to loyalty. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I did that. I looked at the specs of the phone. I looked at how the quality is of the pictures, whatever. Right. I, cause, cause I, I'm one of those people that would in this <laughs> case, uh, um, but people aren't motivated by logic people are motivated by the elephant right so um who i forget who wrote it but it's 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 a mindfulness idea um that there's a, a rider and an elephant right so the rider is the logic uh when the rider and elephant are uh, in alignment when the elephant's chill you know the rider could tell the elephant where to go but when the elephant is experiencing any kind of you know i'm hungry um i uh you know i got i just got bit on my leg or, um, you know, I need to use the bathroom right now. Um, I'm angry. I'm scared. You know, the writer is irrelevant at that point. The decision-making capacity isn't up to the writer. It's up to the elephant. And the elephant has a lot more weight and a lot more movement and a lot more capacity in this world. So, um, it's I true. think a good share of decisions are made by the elephant, the emotion, right? Um, Whereas a lot of folks who are smart, uh, for better or worse, 
Um, and I'm beginning to think that it's maybe not for the better, <laughs> the older I get. Um, a lot of folks think that decisions are made logically. They're not, um, you know. So that's one thing I just wanted to you know, share with you, see, see how you respond to that. And, and another thing is, uh, you know, feel fast. Um, that's a, uh, you know, design thinking uh, sort of philosophy. Not, you know, singularly in that community, but uh, uh, feel quickly. So, so, okay, so produced, what, you know, uh, 8, 10, soon to be 15 episodes of the podcast. How was how is the reach you know how are people responding to it um what's the organic reach because i could spend my own money um you know getting it out there but if they're if nobody's biting as is then it's inflating it you know um, so i, th I think I about these things i don't know i don't know yeah well yeah. let me this just, is just let me just say that it's interesting that you think no it, that you think like it, it's inflating it um hmm. because to me, here's, here's the interesting thing, right? Like everything for us nowadays is curated, right? Yeah, for sure. So, so like if I searched interesting podcast on the internet, right? Your podcast most likely would not come up. I don't no. know if it will or not. I, I, Pro I haven't not. searched this. Um, you'd get a bunch of websites that list the 10 most interesting podcasts, which they all list the same thing. And they're just basically the most popular podcasts. They're not the most interesting necessarily. Right. Everything is curated for us. And I think this is starting to become a problem because I think there's so many interesting things that are in that zone outside of the curation, but they're not reaching me. They're not reaching people because they're not being artificially inflated, right? And sometimes that artificial inflation gets it to the people who actually will appreciate it. So instead of like, say if I just like, you know, put something on the internet and post it on my social media and hope that my friends and fans and people like that share it um, and that it starts to reach other people me going out and, and passing out flyers or actually reaching people, extending mm -hmm. the circle artificially, mm -hmm. extending the circle. I don't think it's, that's necessarily like a negative. And I don't know if you meant it in a negative, but I think no, it, no. it's, it's like, a, it's just part of the way our social, our, our social experience exists nowadays. So it's like, you know, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. Well, I don't, it's, I, well, no, it's just like, here's the thing. Like I said, if I'm trying to search on the internet for like smartest, this best, this coolest, this hmm. it's super highly curated. So that means if I don't have something on the internet that is like most interesting pot that says it's. I'm the most interesting podcast. I'm the most interesting person. Nobody's going to ever think that I might have the most interesting podcast or I might have the most interesting person because well let's let's maybe flip it around to the work that you do with with Odin, right? How how do you think about the conversation we're having in regard to your business? No, I mean it's totally right like my business what I'm trying to do is reach the most amount of people 
Number one, because it's a business and you got to make money. Number two, because that's the whole goal of my company is to reach people with the idea that genetic engineering um, should be accessible to everyone. Hmm. And so that requires, you know, running ads that requires carefully crafting messages that will reach the most number of people yeah that requires doing things that are more marketing you know i try to be real and raw and truthful as much as possible but like if my goal is right to reach people then sometimes it's a sanitized truth. Hmm. Well, it has a purpose, right? Yeah. 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 But it sucks because you feel like you're selling out, right? But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't. I, I and I and I I'm not thinking like you know people out there have quote unquote figured it out, but I haven't. I think come close to figuring that one out, like making sense of it for myself. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how, how do to think view, about it. Yeah. How do you view social media? Uh, so okay. So, uh, <laughs> like, how do you experience it? How do you use it? How? Mm -hmm. What do you think about it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Fuck, I, I, <laughs> I don't let's know. Just, well, let's I don't just know. start because 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 I feel start like with like Facebook, right? Okay, okay, Facebook. Like your Facebook. Let's let's go. When with you Facebook. post on your Facebook, yeah, yeah. What, what do you like? Why do you use Facebook? So so I've recently been rethinking my relationship with Facebook. I've I've honestly like gone back to Facebook um, over the past week, partly to say hey to you. <laughs> And, and, um, uh, partly because I feel like the algorithm changed again and the content is, is more interesting again. So I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't on Facebook for months because it was just, it wasn't value add. Um, and now it's interesting. Like there, like I, I scroll through things and, and I, I get this feeling of like, huh. So I guess I go on Facebook to, I like the, okay, so, okay, so let's, let's take a step back. For me, for me, all, all the platforms, so Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram, um, are, are ways of growing this, this, uh, partly ways of growing this community that is my life. Um, and I think, you know that's that's the sanitized version of it. The non-sanitized version of it is is um, that uh, it's a little bit like you know uh, crack cocaine. It's very <laughs> addictive. It's very addictive. Um, I catch myself recently, uh, like diverting attention, like giving my attention to to these to these, especially. Do you Instagram. think that? That that is that addiction. So you're saying it's very addictive. Do you mean that in a negative, a negative way? Yeah, I feel like, yeah. for me, I feel like it's in a negative way. So so especially especially Instagram, it 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 it's it's um, 
less so Twitter. Twitter is more interesting. Twitter, I could often stumble upon um, interesting ideas and LinkedIn too. So, so Twitter and, and LinkedIn have content that, you know, could stimulate my mind is good for my profession. Um, uh, Facebook, I don't know how to feel about it um, yet. Um, but also, um, uh, I feel like social media is good to, to live out loud with. Um, so, so sharing with people what I'm up to, uh, letting people know that, Hey, this is happening. That's happening. It's, it's the biggest avenue by which people learn about the podcast. You know, if we look at, uh, simple metrics, that's a big one too. You know, you're asking me this question in a time where I'm really trying to figure it out for myself, um, which means it's probably a good time to ask it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 For me, social media, um, is like, I, <laughs> there's two parts to social media. There's my personal in use and enjoyment of social media. Hmm. And that doesn't involve me at all. That's like not me posting anything. <laughs> That's me being able to experience other people. Mm. Um, I've like you said, I've, I've found and experienced so many interesting people that I never would have been able to experience except on social media. Mm. Like I've made friends, <clears throat> um, you know, I have friends on, on like Facebook who are, you know, furry people, you know, the people who dress right, up in costumes right. and do, I don't subscribe to any of that. I don't even know. I, I met people who are like oil field workers in Wyoming hmm. and oil refinery workers in Mississippi and like all these people who think they've built time machines. Wow. Um, and I think that's such a fun and exciting and cool part of it for me is that like I try to seek and reach out to people who are outside my circle mm. because I feel like my circle is great, but it's a lot of homogenous thoughts and ideas. And I like to experience like, why does somebody think they built a time machine? Like, and these people aren't like insane or anything. Right. Mm. And you're just like, where does this person get that like experience and feeling and, idea from hmm. i want to know like i want to see what is there yeah and then there's the business aspect like you were talking about where you know social media is the most amazing way you can grow anything that you want social reach for mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. so it's there's a, a purely business aspect of it and sometimes that involves myself selling myself <laughs> Sounds like prostitution a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, but it is. It doesn't involve genitals, but in some way, you you are you are soliciting your own yeah. being, right? But yeah. but then again, like it, the the selling conversation is 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 tricky. Uh, um, you know, uh, the like just because we could put a like like shine a light on on this tool that we've created uh, and, and and are using called social media like I, I imagine our ancestors you know 
needed to sometimes sell their crops or, or, you know, yeah, they're the local, you know, butcher or, or whatever. Like there's like, I just envisioned this, this capacity to, to, uh, communicate value and invite people into that value uh, as being quintessentially human uh, um, or maybe not i mean i mean I, you know let's think let's think of the the mating game with animals like they're if you're wanting to peacock you're doing it because you're selling yourself really like you're literally selling yourself you're trying to communicate value being like you know i'm a good mate i'm pretty like go for me things are going to be great if you go for me because that's what's that's what's up right now um you know and and what is it about how like when does when does something that's um maybe so pure and and real transform to that that feeling of ickiness that i think is is implicit in how we were thinking about selling like when where where is that tipping point and I, I don't know, personally, I don't. Uh. I think a lot of people, including myself, when I first started running a company, we have this, for some reason, we feel like sales is kind of gross or icky. At least that's how I felt. Um, and I still feel it a little bit. Like, I don't like to sell things to people. Um, I, you know, I have the viewpoint of like, well, people will buy it if they want to. Right. <laughs> but I've found out that like sales is an essential part of our society. It's just like part of everything, hmm. whether you're selling somebody a T-shirt or like you said, you're selling somebody yourself or you're selling somebody, you know, your education mm -hmm. or your intellect mm -hmm. or whatever. We're always selling something to each other. And I don't mean that in a negative way. No. I mean that in a way where it's like, okay, like we are all sellouts and that's okay. We are all like slaves to the system that we live in. And well, so like... Pause, pause, hold on, hold on. I, like, I feel like I need to challenge you here. Not, not all of us are that. Like you... Uh, I don't listen to mainstream music much, um, so I can't even like give you examples of bands. But like, you know when a band sells out, you, like you could you could taste it, you know. Uh, but here's the thing. Yeah. So a, a quote that I once heard: "We're all sellouts. We just have different prices, right?" Mm. And uh, I think that's the truth because. If somebody asked you, and it's so funny because if I look at my life and I look at all the things that have happened and all the things that I said I would never do and how I'm doing them, and like I try to be the most me I can possibly be, original, raw me, and like I'm still doing these things I said I would never do, and it's it's because like it's not that there was something inherently wrong with the thing. There was something inherently wrong with my idea of the thing, mm. right? The idea that like taking money or like sanitizing my sound or like doing this thing was inherently wrong in some way mm. instead of it being like, 
well, if I understand the reasons I'm doing it, right, 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 it actually adds value to my life. It actually adds value in some way. And it might add value to more people. You might be adding value to more people by virtue of making a decision not to live up to a previous ideal or a previous, previously held ethic, right? There's, there's, like, a, there's like a tang of pragmatism there. <laughs> right? Totally. Right. No, it's true. Yeah. So like, for instance, um, I used to, my appearance used to look a lot crazier and a lot more like, punk and almost scary um and the reason i say scary is because like people you know i would i live in the bay area in san francisco and oakland and i would get on the bus or the the train and like nobody would ever sit next to me wow like nobody would ever sit next to me because they're like this guy looks look and i always have like you know a resting bitch face or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just like natural i don't like hate people i actually really love people a lot right right and I was like, this is not advantageous in my life. Like, it's how I feel and it's how I perceive myself and want to be. Mm. But my perception of myself is affecting the way I interact with other people and mm. they interact with me. Mm. And it, it's a negative. And so, like, I, you know, took out some piercings I had, stopped dyeing my hair blue, mm. you know, got a nice pair of glasses. Those are good glasses. keep shaving. <laughs> I like him. And I I did these things that most people think of, well, that's like kind of selling out. But to me, it's like I'm still the same me, mm. but it's totally changed people's perception and reaction to me, which has allowed me to build better relationships. Mm. It has allowed me to like have kinder, gentler con- conversation mm. and interactions with people. Mm. And it's, it's built up myself. It's those things of like, um, help build me up. Well, so, okay. Question. If, if you were to, uh, at this point, um, don the costume of previous, uh, Josiah, would you still feel as congruent? Like, no, I, I would feel weird. Right. So, so, um, because I didn't see what, what I saw everything through, I think sometimes I saw everything through my own eyes, but not through other people's eyes. It was very, I'm very introspective person. Hmm. Like I said, I think a lot and I like to just think Hmm. and like, I love to think about, you know, thinking and the way I think, but I'm not good at like, um, being, I don't want to say empathetic, but I'm not good at like putting myself in other people's shoes and when did you really come to know that? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story, and it's kind of really a, a Bay Area, Silicon Valley kind of funny story. Mm. Um, so there's this famous startup uh, incubator. So an incubator is a place that will give startup companies money and they'll teach them how to run a company. Mm. There's this famous one in Silicon Valley called Y Combinator and they've uh, create, helped create some of the most you know, famous companies and successful companies out there. And uh, you apply 
and I applied and I got accepted for an interview there. Hmm. And, you know, they said just like, oh, you don't have to dress up or anything. Just like be yourself. Mm. So I show up as myself. Right. And at, <laughs> Little did at they the know. Time, <laughs> I know. At the time, I was, it was like a hard time. I was really, you know, really, really, really focused on my company. And it was just starting and like, it was really hard. So I was like stressed out all the time and not concerned about my appearance or myself at all. I remember walking into the interview room and uh, I just, we just started selling this product where it allowed, it allowed people to genetically modify brewing yeast. So you could make kind of like glowing beer with these genetically modified yeast. And I walk in and I pass out, you know, like samples, like here's some of the stuff we're creating. And I'm wearing, you know, like a hoodie with lots of holes in it and a shirt that's like torn. And I probably have like blue hair and, you know, piercing, more piercings, you know, like in my lip and my nose and all this stuff. And I also have this really calm sense that was, I, I imagine, probably seemed almost like psychopathic <laughs> I, because they're just like, I'm just like sitting there like smiling and staring at them like, what's up, guys? What's up, gals? Like, what's going on here? And they were like, who is this guy? He looks like he just walked off the street. Like, he just looks crazy That's incredible and like he just walks in and hands us this genetically modified thing and somebody was like is this gonna kill us or something and i was like no <laughs> i'm like anyway i i left that thing and i went out and they didn't accept me to their incubator hmm. and uh i was really like wow like i can't believe they didn't accept me i thought it was so great and like I thought I did a good job and I'm like, maybe my perception of myself is a little bit off. Mm. Like the way I'm portraying myself isn't the way I think I am. Mm. And it really started me thinking on like, how could I portray myself to be somebody that's still weird and quirky and, and, and me but isn't so scary that people think I'm going to like kill them with some brewing yeast that I. Gave. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And how long, how long ago was this? A uh, year and a half, two years ago. Hmm. So, so there's like a recent transformation in you. Hey? Yeah, huh. it really is. It's really, um, it really has been, and it's I, it's been super positive, like super positive hmm. in my life. Hmm. Um, just my interactions with people are so much more enjoyable, and like people see me as somebody they can relate to more and like experience hmm. stuff with more. And I really, I, I enjoy it. There, there's, there's a quote. I think it's Martin Buber. I could be totally off with this. It, there's many. Well, there's fuck. There's a lot of work around this, but uh, it takes two to know one. And I, I think we're really good in, in, in um, the Western world in, in thinking that we as individuals get who we as individuals are, uh, forgetting that, you know, we're more of a gerund than we are now. 
you know, we're more of a process than we are a fixed thing. Um, and, and why am I saying this? Because, uh, what, what the story you just shared kind of gives me the sense that, you know, it's like a case in point that we are who we are in society. And that thought around like, uh, uh, how, so this is, this is a term that's used in, in communities that I belong to, which is not uh, pejorative, right? So how am I performing in the world, right? Yeah. Uh, what are the, uh, the, uh, the decisions that I'm making in society and, and how are people responding to those decisions? Um, uh, it's so interesting to start thinking that way. It's such a different way of living around not necessarily to please, right? Because, I mean, it could be pathological, whichever way you go. But, um, like, what's the, what's, what's the ongoing creation between what I'm recognizing as being relevant and important to me and the needs that are emerging uh, with the people who I'm beginning to realize are people I want to hang out with or people I, I want to build relationships with, right? Um, and, and uh, you know, um, a, a brief story with me is 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 recently I I was um, in one of the contexts I belong to is I was told that um, I'm over familiar. Uh, I'm over familiar uh, with with leadership with with folks who are in in higher status in society and and to me personally I I don't really connect well with um, positional power. So people who have power because they have power in position. Right. So, so that's what I came into this community with. And then I'm like, well, okay, hold on. Um, good for me in, in like, that's nice. Okay. But I, I, I I want to be in this world. I I want to learn how to, how, how this community thinks about things. Because if I'm an outsider, I, I won't be able to do anything anyway. So, um, are you going to make a performance choice around doing something different, right? Yeah, there's something about that that I think is just so cool around, around like recognizing the so, the socialness, the uh, the the thing that is in the middle of you as an individual, which is made up, and you as a social being, which is made up. Meaning, like none of it's really real. It's somewhere in the middle, and and like, how do you navigate that? That that to me is kind of cool. That to me is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. It it that's it's such a profound story that you just told because I used to be of the mindset of like, you know, screw everybody else. I'm just being me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, you're gonna have to put up with me. <laughs> No matter what I do, another before this inter interview thing happened, I worked at NASA, the space agency, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I always say the space agency because I feel like I don't pronounce NASA. I don't enunciate NASA correctly. What do you, what do you mean? How Na- NASA is the A? Dip? I don't know. Just when it comes out of my mouth, I feel like it's not enunciated correctly, and I feel like somebody might think it's something else or something like that so i'm always like nasa the, the space i feel agency. like nasa the space agency sounds cooler than just nasa <laughs> like it sounds like it has to be like followed by the space agency 
but but sometimes people are like, oh, I know, I know it's a space agency, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, I was just, I just needed to make sure. I like, didn't know, <laughs> if, I didn't know if you were understanding the words that were coming out of my mouth. I was trying to like, <laughs> well, that that's a performance choice that you're making. So yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. And when I was there, it was a huge. So I was in graduate school before that, and graduate school is kind of an interesting place where people really let you kind of be who you want to be. And at least where I went, there wasn't a lot of influence on trying to influence you to be somebody else unless that person was, you know, like you weren't getting things done or you weren't working or you weren't doing your research. Um, otherwise people were just like, be who you want, like do whatever, look however you want, act however you want. like. Hmm. Nobody cared, which was really beautiful. It was really nice. I know, I know like, a lot of people that would want to go to school where you went to school. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Where'd you go to school? Uh, the University of Chicago. Okay. You were more judged by, like, your your work and your intellectual contributions than you were anything to do with, like, who you okay. were as a person. Okay. Um, obviously, if you were, like, a complete jerk, you know, that didn't work out well. But, mm. like, generally... It was okay. Mm. And when I arrived at NASA, I was still whoever I wanted right. to be. And NASA is a government agency, understand, very political, very filled with decorum and hierarchies mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I went from like, you know, like you being over familiar with some of my, uh, you know, people above mm -hmm. me, you know, some of my professors would invite me over to their office and we'd like, you know, drink some whiskey or something mm. right in the middle of the mm. day and like talk about stuff mm. and now people are trying to tell me what to do and i'm just like Shh, i ain't having none of that mm. and uh it really crashed and burned hard mm. um not the fact that like i didn't get anything done or or, or like wasn't doing stuff as a scientist but socially mm. it kind of made me a pariah because i wasn't interacting in their yeah the way they saw the yeah, world yeah they had like a set way that they yeah. saw the world and i was not participating in that so i was not part of their yeah. world and i didn't realize that till after the fact that like you basically excluded yourself right. they didn't exclude you right. and uh that was yeah you know that was an interesting realization that like huh <laughs> how long did you spend at uh, nasa the space age not nasa not nasa the space agency <laughs> i know right <laughs> you're like nasa like wait is that like city no um two so i was i was there for two years okay yeah two years is a long time to spend not knowing what the hell is wrong <laughs> with with the world yeah it was uh it was very interesting but I think those are also the best situations in life. Mm. Like we were talking about before, I think the best situations in life are to be in way over your head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something about being an immigrant <laughs> where that's just a given. <laughs> um, <coughs> that's not, not for me. I, I grew up in, in Canada. Just getting a flavor of what it means to uh, to a different place 
even as a local. And then I can't imagine what it's like to move to an entirely different world. Like, fuck, you are, like, that is the epitome of entrepreneur. Like, <laughs> right? Um, so, so recently, um, uh, I got a little too comfortable in life. And I, uh, I was like, okay, something needs to give. And so I stopped using nicotine. <laughs> I used to vape like a, like a chimney. Um, but it comes from the same place of like, uh, like, okay, things are a little too good. Um, what's, what's the thing that I'm going to do? That's not totally entirely going to fuck things up. <laughs> Might even be a good thing, but as you know, like it's time, it's time. Um, yeah, I was a little over my head for a little while there. <laughs> I love it. I love that. No, that's, it, it's so cool because I'm that way a lot also where I'll just be like, you know, reevaluate everything in my life and be like, I'm going to try this thing and see what happens. Right. right? right. Even something as small at, that doesn't seem so consequential, but like it gives you a whole new experience and outlook on life. Is there anything that you're... Uh, it's sort of there in the back burner that you're kind of like, hmm, I kind of like want to try this out. Not really there yet, but I'm kind of thinking about it. Is there something like that for you right now? <laughs> a lot of <Yeah>. things. <laughs> yeah, I am a very try things out type of person. Hashtag biohacking. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a truth though, right? <sighs> because... And it's not crazy stuff. You know, I'm not the type of person, well, to most people, it would probably be crazy. I'm not the type of person who's like, I want to travel the world and experience all these new things. Though, like, those, I think that is important to, like, be able to travel and experience different cultures mm. and different people. Mm. Um, that is an important thing to do. I'm more of like, uh, I like to explore the. The, the range and depths of my mind and experiences. Mm -hmm. So traveling a lot of times for me is I'm this thing that I've done every day for the past two years, I'm going to completely change it or something mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to completely do this thing yeah. differently, or I'm going to try to do it differently. Yeah. Um, and that is where that's my traveling that's my like intellectual mm -hmm. stimulation and experience yeah. and uh <clears throat> right now one of the big things that i've been working on is being more like i'm not a very social person even though some people might think i am and trying to be more involved in social situations mm. and putting myself out there and interacting with people mm. and, and not being like a downer about it. Um, not being the person who goes to the party and like sits in the corner and is just like, I'm cool by myself, but it, you seem totally like, right. uh, <laughs> cause you, you may be cool, right. But you're, you, you, you have insight around how you're perceived. Yeah. 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 And trying to experience the world of enjoying people's company, even if it's not necessary. How's that? 
like I'm totally fine with being alone. Like I could be alone for and just spend time thinking and doing things and experiencing things all by myself, mm-hmm. locked in my room, mm-hmm. and I'd be totally cool. Mm-hmm. So like social interactions generally have a negative connotation for me. Like, Oh gosh, I have to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't even know those people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to interact with people I don't know. And so I I tend to have a very negative and pessimistic attitude about it. And I've been trying to be like, all right, we're going to, you're going to go into this and you're going to be like, this is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And you're going to try to have fun. You're going to try to change your view on these interactions and be like being social with people can be fun (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's that's okay it's okay to have fun doing it so like go into it with that attitude Mm -hmm. and it's uh you know i've been introspective and lonely not lonely but like uh alone for you know all my life so it's 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 complicated to start to change that but it's Mm. been positive also you know to experience this other world i don't have to leave behind the world of like being introspective Mm. but i can also experience this other world of being social Mm. that's really commendable this is how i've how old are you 38 38 so you've been around (laughs) you've been around for (laughs) i forget I just had my birthday on February 8th. Oh, ha- I'm not good with my birthday. Happy, happy belated. So you've been around for, you know, uh, almost four decades. And, and you're like, you know what, yeah. fuck it. Let's, let's, gonna give this a go. That's really, like that to me is like, like that is the epitome of what it is like to be an interesting person. A person that's just like, you know what, let's, let's give this a go. Let's, let's see what this is like. Let's, let's tinker. Like that is giga inspiring for me. That puts a smile on my face. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I <laughs> I don't know what to say in response. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> that's that's totally fine. Um, so we're you know we're coming near the quote unquote end of this iteration of our conversation. Although I imagine we'll have many more over this lifetime. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you haven't asked me? Um, there's one question that's still pending, and I think you know which one that is. Um, but apart from that, oh jeez, um, I you know, my life is just like full of questions, so it's always like a hard thing for me to to answer. Is like, is there any any question? you have of need right at this exact moment. You're like, um, hold on, I have a filing cabinet. <laughs> Which one's it going to be today? Because <laughs> I like questions a lot and I like exploring things a lot. Um, if I had to spend one question, though, if I had one question to spend, I think it would be a, more about you. Um, yeah, fire. Well, I don't know specifically, you know, and it's hard to artificially create a conversation and probe into somebody's depths. Um, and I think those things just kind of come out when you're having a conversation naturally, like we, we kind of did. I think that was really cool and interesting. Mm. Um, 
like it if i had a question it would just be like tell me more about you and your experience of life and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i I think that's like way too general of a question though Mm -hmm. um and i don't know you well enough to ask you really specific things about um your life and experience Mm -hmm. i guess i have no question (laughs) is there anything i haven't asked you yet that you feel you'd want to share with the world I mean, there, there's so much I want to share with the world, but, but, uh, you know, I, I do have plenty on social media. I don't know. Like, I guess if I could share one thing with the world, it would, it would just be that, like, um, I think one, one, and I know it's not going away, but it, it seems that way from social media and, and stuff sometimes and how the world is really divided and how we're trying to like wage these social wars with each other and other countries and all these things and the way we perceive everybody can be overly negative sometimes. And it sounds super cheesy, but like, in my life, I've come to the conclusion that the most important thing to me, you know, whether it's not like money or fame or all these things, um, it's like to love and to be loved, right? To me, there's nothing more special than being able to share intimate moments experiences with other people and I don't mean like sexual or anything like that I just mean like with friends with family with whoever um, and to feel safe and protected in return Mm. being able to feel loved in return and I just hope and I wish and I I crave it also more is like Treat people with love. Love each other. Right? Love and be loved. Like, that's the most fulfilling life you're going to have. I know that was really cheesy and cliche, but... (laughs) There are ways to make that cheesy and cliche, and there are ways that I felt you deliver that, which was um, heartwarming. Um and there's a difference. So before we finish off, I'm like, oof, I'm, I'm feeling really warm after that. Thank you. Uh, who are you becoming? Ah, oh, jeez. I, I hope I'm becoming somebody who is more loving. Mm. Yeah, for sure. That's my, uh, that's my, I think my biggest goal right now is to be nice which sounds so Mm. silly it sounds so silly to like i'm trying to be more nice to people Mm. and i'm not mean to people but like oh my gosh being nice is such an amazing thing you know for whoever for your partner um if you're in a relationship or your family or anything if you're just like hey I just wanted to text you because I wanted to say hi and I love you. Hey, I made you coffee in the morning because I care. Like, 
these simple things that are just nice and don't take anything away from your life. I've just been, it's something that I want to be. I don't want to be a mean person. Like, I don't want to be a person who like tears people down or hurts their life. I want to be a positive, you know, thing in people's lives. And, uh, that's really who I want to be. Hmm. Really. Solid. It's been good hanging out, hey? I love this. What about you? Hmm. Who am I becoming? Um, so, so, um, this is somebody who I, I was becoming for, or, 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 or I, 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 I enacted um, this, this performance of being uh, a, a rock, um, a, a stable force, uh, um, a, a, a lighthouse, you know, like a beacon, um, uh, consistency, uh, for a while. And, and then, and then I went a little elsewhere. I, I moved into, uh, I became pretty unwell actually for a while. Um, and, and I think, I think who I'm becoming is I'm, I'm, I'm going back to my roots of, of being a person who is, um, there, a person who's there. Yeah, for um, really for uh, one of my most important things in life, uh, my grandma. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, that's something that, you know, gosh, I want to strive to be more of, you know. It doesn't mean I'm good at it, right? <laughs> my mom will tell you no. I should call more often, right? But <laughs> it, it's just, it's, no. it's there. It's, it's definitely there. And to, and to my primary relationship that I'm building, you know, this, it's, she, like, my, my partner knows it's my mom and grandma, and then it's, <laughs> then it's her. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing I learned, though, is that, like, you don't, we have this idea that like you can just magically be the certain way, but that's like these things, everything takes time to develop. I always imagine everything in life, like you're talking about, it's a performance. It's like learning to play a guitar mm -hmm. or learning to do anything, learning a field like in graduate school or something like that. You can't just like one day know it and one day you don't know it. No, it's this like whole process. Yeah. yeah. And so taking the first step and even making a way towards something, I think is, it's the best thing you could possibly do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Just taking that first step, like just realizing it. Yeah. Hmm. Don't caveat yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for this conversation and this connection. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it very much so. Very much. Hmm. That's it for this episode, folks. Head on over to letsdeveloppodcast.com for detailed show notes to quench your thirst for knowledge. If you like what you heard, and even if you didn't, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to let us know how we're doing. We're in it together. The Let's Develop podcast is co-created by Chris Raymond, executive producer and music maker, Emily Scollin, digital content mastermind, and yours truly, 
Artisoyans, host and producer. Special thanks to Brittany Fraser and others for continuing to inspire us, teach us, and build us together. See you next time.